Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Yes, this is Chip and Eric reading through the Bible. That's what we do. And um, we're so proud of you guys for doing this. Today is day number 84. Wow. Day 84. March the 25th. Yeah, I sure hope so. Yeah. Sure March the 25th. So. I hope it's a good day for you. Yeah, it should be. Uh, hey, uh, we are so proud of you doing this. And, and if you're new, just joining us. Because people are sharing this, and yeah. that's what we, you know, hope they do. Um, welcome. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, I'm Chip. This is Eric. Joshua. Uh, Eric. Eric, and yep. we're reading through the yep. Bible together. Two semi-ordinary pastors just had this idea, and we're just doing it. And yeah. you guys are joining us. So it's kind of interesting how it's just taken off. So it's really cool. Yep. Never uh, too late to start. If yeah, today's your first day, that's great. We say go back and binge the Bible. Yeah. But you can start anytime you want. So anytime. it's a great day to start. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, so yesterday we talked about um, the destruction of Jericho, mm-hmm. a very important rescue, the rescue of Rahab and her family. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then we talked about um, this battle with Ai. First, yeah. Israel went to attack them. Didn't work out be- because there was some sin in the Israelite camp. Mm-hmm. That sin was found out. They went back and defeated Ai, burned it to the ground. Yeah. So that is where we pick up today mm-hmm. with the Gibeonites. Oh. Gibeonites. Gibeonites. Oh. Wow. Gibeonites. Didn't you have them over for dinner last week? No, that was the Gibeonites. Was that the... <laughs> the Gergeshites. Was that the Gergeshites? <laughs> I think it was. The Gergeshites. Gergs. Yeah, those guys are crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Wow. Gergeshites. They can Never, really... never have no. Gergeshites over for dinner. No, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. We stopped 10 years ago yeah. after the last part. <laughs> the Gibeonites, not too bad. Go oh. ahead. All right, well, they're not honest, that's for sure. No. Joshua chapter 9, the Gibeonites deceive Israel. Yeah. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. Now all the kings west of the Jordan had, Jordan River heard about what had happened. These were the kings of the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites who lived in the hill country in the western foothills and along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea as far north as the Lebanon mountains. These kings combined their armies to fight as one against Joshua and the Israelites. When the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they resorted to deception to save themselves. They sent ambassadors to Joshua, loading their donkeys with weathered saddlebags and old patched wineskins. They put on worn-out patched sandals and ragged cloths, and the bread they took with them was dry and moldy. (laughs) When they arrived at the camp of Israel at Gilgal, they told Joshua and the men of Israel, saying, We've come from a distant land to ask you to make a peace treaty with us. The Israelites replied to these Hivites, How do we know you don't live nearby? For if you do, we cannot make a treaty with you. Well, they replied saying, We are your servants. But who are you? Joshua demanded. Where do you come from? Well, they answered, Your servants have come from a very distant country. We've heard of the might of the Lord your God and all he did in Egypt. We've also heard what he did to the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, King Sihon and Heshbon, and King of Heshbon, and King Og of Bashan, who lived in Ashtaroth. So our elders and all the people instructed us, saying, Take supplies for a long journey. Go meet with the people of Israel and tell them, We are your servants. Please make a treaty with us. 
This bread was hot from the ovens when we left our homes, but now, as you can see, it is dry and moldy. These wineskins were new when we filled them, but now they are old and split open, and our clothing and sandals are worn out from our very long journey. So the Israelites examined their food, but they could not, did not consult the Lord. Then Joshua made a peace treaty with them and guaranteed their safety, and the leaders of the community ratified their agreement with a binding oath. Three days after making the treaty, they learned that these people actually live nearby. The Israelites set out at once to investigate and reach their towns in three days. The names of these towns were Gibeon, Kephirah, Beeroth, and Kiriath-Jerim. But the Israelites did not attack the towns, for the Israelite leaders had made a vow to them in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. The people of Israel grumbled against their leaders because of the treaty. But the leaders replied, saying, Since we have sworn an oath in the presence of the Lord, the God of Israel... We cannot touch them. This is what we must do. We must let them live, for divine anger would come upon us if we broke our oath. Let them live. So they made woodcutters and water carriers for the entire community as the Israelite leaders directed. Joshua called together the Gibeonites and said, Why did you lie to us? Why did you say that you live in a distant land when you live right here among us? May you be cursed. From now on, you will always be servants who cut wood and carry water for the house of my God. They replied, saying, We did it because we, your servants, were clearly told that the Lord your God commanded us, his servant Moses, to give you this entire land and to destroy all the people living in it. So we fear greatly for our lives because of you. That is why we have done this. Now we are at your mercy. Do to us whatever you think is right. So Joshua did not allow the people of Israel to kill them. But that day he made the Gibeonites the woodcutters and water carriers for the community of Israel and for the altar of the Lord, wherever the Lord would choose to build it. And that is what they do to this day. Joshua chapter 10, Israel defeats the southern armies. Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had captured and completely destroyed Ai and killed its king just as he had destroyed the town of Jericho and killed its king. He also learned that the Gibeonites had made peace with Israel and were now their allies. He and his people became very afraid when they heard of this because the Gibeon was a large town, as large as the royal cities and larger than Ai. And the Gibeonite men were strong warriors. So King Adonai Zedek of Jerusalem sent messengers to several other kings, Hoham of Hebron, Piram of Jarmuth, Japhia of Lachish, and Debir of Eglon. Come and help me destroy Gibeon, he urged them, for they have made peace with Joshua and the people of Israel. So these five Amorite kings combined their armies for a united attack. They moved all their troops into place and attacked Gibeon. The men of Gibeon quickly sent messengers to Joshua at the <coughs> camp in Gilgal. Don't abandon your servants now, they pleaded. Come at once, save us, help us, for all the Amorite kings who live in the hill country have joined forces to attack us. So Joshua and his entire army, including his best warriors, left Gilgal and set out for Gibeon. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord said to Joshua, For I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. The Lord threw them into a panic, and the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. Then the Israelites chased the enemy along the road to Beth Horon, killing them all along the way to Azekah and Makeda. As the Amorites retreated down the road from Beth Horon, the Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm from heaven that continued until they reached Azekah. The hail killed more of the enemy than the Israelites killed with the sword. Wow. On that day, the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites. Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. He said, Let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Ajalon. 
So the sun stood still and the mood stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. Is this event not recorded in the book of Jeshar? The sun stayed in the middle of the sky and it did not set as a norm, on a normal day. There has never been a day like this one before or since when the Lord answered such a prayer. Surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. Then Joshua and the Israelite army returned to their camp at Gilgal. Joshua kills the five southern kings. During the battle, the five kings escaped and hid in a cave at Makeda. When Joshua heard that they had been found, he issued this command, saying, Cover the opening of the cave with large rocks. Place the guards at the entrance to keep the king inside. The rest of you continue chasing the enemy and cut them down from the rear. Don't give them a chance to get back on their towns, for the Lord your God has given you victory over them. So Joshua and the Israelite army continued to sl- the slaughter and completely crushed the enemy. They totally wiped out the five armies except for a tiny remnant that managed to reach their fortified towns. Then the Israelites returned safely to Joshua in the camp at Makeda. And after that, no one dared to speak even a word against Israel. Joshua said, Remove the rocks covering the opening of the cave and bring the five kings to me. So they brought the five kings out of the cave, the kings of Jerusalem, Eglon, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon. When they brought them out, Joshua told the commanders of the army, saying, Come and put your feet on the king's necks. And they did as they were told. Don't ever be afraid or discouraged, Joshua told his men. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord is going to do this to all of your enemies. Then Joshua killed each of the five kings and impaled them on five sharpened poles, where they hung until evening. As the sun was going down, Joshua gave his instructions for the bodies of the kings to be taken down from the poles and thrown into the cave where they had been hiding. Then they covered the opening of the cave with a large a pile of large rocks, which remains to this very day. Israel destroys the southern towns. That same day, Joshua captured and destroyed the town of Makeda. He killed everyone in it, including the king, leaving no survivors. He destroyed them all, and he killed the king of Makeda as he had killed the king of Jericho. Then Joshua and the Israelites went to Libna and attacked it. There, too, the Lord gave them the town and its king. He killed everyone in it, leaving no survivors. Then Joshua killed the king of Libna, as he had killed the king of Jericho. From Libna, Joshua and the Israelites went to Lachish and attacked it. Here again the Lord gave them Lachish. Joshua then took it on the second day and killed everyone in it, just as he had done at Libna. During the attack on Lachish, King Horam of Gezer arrived with his army to help defend the town. But Joshua's men killed him and his army, leaving no survivors. Then Joshua and the Israelite army went on to Eglon and attacked it. They captured it that day and killed everyone in it. He completely destroyed everyone, just as had been done at Lachish. From Eglon, Joshua and the Israelite army went up to Hebron and attacked it. They captured the town and killed everyone in it, including its king, leaving no survivors. They did the same thing to all of its surrounding villages. And just as he had done at Eglon, he completely destroyed the entire population. Joshua and the Israelites turned back and attacked Debir. He captured the town, its king, and all its surrounding villages. He completely destroyed everyone in it, leaving no survivors. He did to Debir and its king just what he had done to Hebron and to Libna and its king. So Joshua conquered the whole region, the kings and people of the hill country, the Negev, and the western foothills, and the mountain slopes. He completely destroyed everyone in the land, leaving no survivors, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had commanded. Joshua slaughtered them from Kadesh Barnea to Gaza, and from the region around the town of Goshen up to Gibeon. Joshua conquered all these kings and and their land in a single campaign, for the Lord, the God of Israel, was fighting for his people. Then Joshua and the Israelite army returned to their camp at Gilgal. Joshua chapter 11. Israel defeats the northern armies. When King 
Jabin of Hazor heard what had happened. He sent messages to the following kings. King jo- Joabab of Maidon, the king of Shimron, the king of Akshaph, and the kings of northern hill country, the kings of the Jordan Valley, south of Galilee, the kings in the Galilean foothills, the kings of Naphoth, Dor on the west, the kings of Canaan, both east and west, the kings of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, Jebusites in the hill country, and the Hivites in the towns on the slopes of Mount Hermon in the land of Mizpah. All these kings came out to fight. Their combined armies formed a vast horde, and with all their horses and chariots, they covered the landscape like sand on the seashore. The kings joined forces and established their camp around the water near Miram to fight against Israel. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them. By this time tomorrow, I'll hand all of them over to Israel as dead men. Then you must cripple their horses and burn their chariots. So Joshua and all his fighting men traveled to the water near Miram and attacked suddenly. And the Lord gave them victory over their enemies. The Israelites chased them as far as Greater Sidon in Misrephoth, Maim, and eastward into the valley of Mizpah, not, until not one enemy warrior was left alive. Then Joshua crippled the horses and burned all the chariots as the Lord had instructed. Joshua then turned back and captured Hazor and killed its king. Hazor had one time been capital of all the kingdoms. The Israelites completely destroyed every living thing in the city, leaving no survivors. Not a single person was spared, and then Joshua burned the city. Joshua slaughtered all the other kings and their people, completely destroying them, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded. But the Israelites did not burn any of the towns built on mounds except Hazor, which Joshua burned. And the Israelites took all the plunder and livestock of the ravaged towns for themselves. But they killed all the people, leaving no survivors. As the Lord had commanded to his servant Moses, so Moses commanded Joshua. And Joshua did as he was told, carefully obeying all the commands that the Lord had given to Moses. So Joshua conquered all the entire region, the hill country, the entire Negev, the whole area around the town of Goshen, the western foothills, the Jordan Valley, the mountains of Israel, and the Galilean foothills. The Israelite territory now extended all the way from Mount Halak, which leads up to Seir in the south, as far north as Baal Gad at the foot of the mountain Mount Hermon in the valley of Lebanon. Joshua killed all the kings of those territories, waging war for a long time to accomplish this. No one in the region made peace with the Israelites except the Hivites of Gibeon. All the others were defeated, for the Lord hardened their hearts and caused them to fight the Israelites. So they were completely destroyed without mercy, as the Lord had commanded Moses. During this period, Joshua destroyed all the descendants of Anak, who lived in the hill country of Hebron, Debir, Anab, and the entire hill country of <coughs> Judah and Israel. He killed them all and completely destroyed their towns. None of the descendants of Anak were left in all the land of Israel, though some still remained in Gaza, Gath, and Ashdod. So Joshua took control of the entire land, just as the Lord had instructed Moses. He gave it to the people of Israel as their special possession, dividing the land among the tribes. So the land finally had rest from war. Wow. Okay, we did it. Big day. We did it. Yeah, a lot going on there. Big day. So they're taking the land, they're you know, occupying the land so they have to have some battles and um, God leads the way and Joshua follows. Mm -hmm. And Joshua is the leader, but he's following the right leader and God's the right leader and he follows God and God gives him victory. Yeah. Um, When, you know, this prayer for the so what today, you know, prayer is a big deal. Um, 
and they prayed that the sun would stand still yeah. over Gibeon so they could have the battle and, and fight the battle and do what they needed to do. And God answered that prayer. Yep. You know, that that's a crazy, wild, you know, huge thing to pray, you know, where you would think there's just no way that's going to happen. Right. And it happened. Mm-hmm. So I look at stuff like that and I'm like, okay, God can do the improbable and the impossible, anything and everything. And so I think it's important that we pray like that. We pray for anything and everything and the little things, but I would say the big things too, that God yeah. gives you some things on your heart that, that you're asking for um, and just go for it, you know, and I... I try to make a habit of that and just kind of dream big and think big and pray for some things that just would you think wouldn't happen or couldn't right. happen. And sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But I always tell God when I pray those sun stand still kind of prayers. So I'm like, I don't know if you will do it, but I know you can do yeah. it. Yeah. So yep. in the name of Jesus, you know, I pray, I pray this. And so Look at those big prayers. Maybe you have family members that aren't believers or financial struggles or health issues or mm-hmm. or you're asking God to do some pretty big ministry things, you know. I think that's and, especially uh, true. I mean, this is like yeah. God's work. Yeah. You know, Joshua knows he's doing the work that God wants him to do, but it's part of his plan. So That's true. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, very good. I love that, Chip. So where's Jesus? Well, literally. <laughs> Jesus... We'll walk in these places. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, I say it frequently. The whole point of Israel is to bring forward Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of conquering this land is not to give this land to Israel. The whole point of conquering this land, because that's that's a byproduct. That's what will happen. It's what was promised. Yeah. And uh, But the whole purpose of, of conquering this land, you know, is so Jesus can walk in mm-hmm. the Jordan Valley. He can yeah. walk in Galilee. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, this is the first time we'll see that since the judgment of the Canaanites, this is the first time we'll see God's people inhabit these places. And this is where they will, you know, Jerusalem even. Mm. This is the first time we've heard Jerusalem called Jerusalem, Mm. you know, since we started reading. Yeah. And so this is literally the land where Jesus is going to walk and do his ministry and die and resurrect. And yeah. commissioned his church. Like, this is where it happens. So we need this land. Very much so. <laughs> Very much so. So that's where Jesus yeah. is in this text. This is literally the land. This mm-hmm. is them gathering the setting for the New Testament. So we read something like this, and it's like, okay, yeah, they conquered this, they conquered that. But it right. was paving the way, yeah. setting the way for the Messiah. So their sins could be forgiven, but also you and I. Yeah, totally. Everyone else. And that's kind of cool. So yeah. that land was a big deal. And Joshua, good job. Yeah, good job, Joshua. Yeah, he went after it. All right. All right. Hey, you guys have a great day. Have a great day. Share this with friends and family. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye.